0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Hope you're having a great day. In today's show, we are going to be getting an update from one of our sponsors, Silver One Resources. Silver One, you can find more information at silverone.com, very easy. In Toronto, you can find the ticker S-V-E, and in on the OTC. You can find it under the ticker SLVRF. Joining me today is President and CEO Greg Crow. This is a project that I've been out to. The first project we're going to talk about, which is the Candelaria project in Nevada. Over 123 million ounces of silver are already there on that project. Some of it is NI43101 compliant. And some of it is historic resource. So, Greg, welcome back onto the show. And you're really putting the drills to work out there at Candelaria. Could you give us an update on this project, please?
0: Sure, Bill. Uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah, we uh, are advancing the Candelaria project. As you mentioned, it's our flagship project right now. Probably the uh, clearest path to uh, uh, an earlier production scenario that we hope to achieve. We've just announced a 15,000 meter uh, drill program at Candelaria that will be uh, in addition to about a 3,000, 4,000 meter program that we did earlier this year as well. So what we want to do at Candelaria is we've got kind of three targets we want to go after. The first target is uh, there's some... uh, down dip high grade intercepts that we uh, not only did silver standard back in early 2000s uh, intersect some interesting values down uh, dip from the two big open pits but we intersected some very interesting values um, essentially when we did our diamond drilling program earlier this year. Uh, For instance we had about 1100 grams per ton silver uh, with about 1.33 grams per ton gold over about eight meters, within a much wider 30-meter interval with over 350 grams uh, per ton uh, silver and about half gram gold. So there's a high-grade system there, and we're going to be doing drilling testing to uh, see how much high-grade mineralization there is, because that can really augment downstream uh, economics affiliated with any production scenario. The second uh, target that we're doing um, is easily accessible extensions to the lower grade open pit mineralization uh, because we want to commission an economic study on bringing the heaps back into production and what we want to look at is a two-stage economic production. What does it take to bring the heaps back into production on their own, what would the economics look like, but also if we think about mixing some of the easily accessible extensions to the open pit, that will improve the uh, overall grade, the overall recovery, and also enhance the economics. On the heaps themselves, we already envisage Um, A production scenario that could amount to about eight years worth of uh, producing two to three million ounces of silver a year. We start adding in uh, extensions from the pit uh, that could, uh, as I said, enhance grade, enhance recovery and extend mine life. And then you've got the -the down-the-road enhancement of the entire project with the high-grade down-dip mineralization. Now, There is a third component to our drill program uh, that we're very interested in. Uh, It's never been talked about candelaria in the past, but there seems to be on the old um, uh, dumps from some of the historic workings material that is reminiscent of what's called IOCG, iron oxide copper gold mineralization. The nearest uh, uh, mine To us, it would be Nevada coppers, uh, Pumpkin Hollow mine up at Yarrington, which is about 100-150 kilometers to the north of us, but um, they can be quite large and quite rich. What's interesting is those samples that we collected, we essentially uh, were getting values up to 2.7% copper with about 25-26 grams per tonne silver and about 0.6, 0.7 grams per tonne gold. So is there a deeper buried IOCG target? So three targets at, uh, at uh, Candelaria that we're moving fast on doing a 15,000 meter drill program that should take us about two to three months to complete. We're looking at uh, um, uh, extensions to the mineralization. We're uh, near uh, open, uh, just extensions to the open pit mineralization, down dip high grade, end this deeper IOCG target, and then we aim to start economic studies on bringing the heaps into production, and we should be able to uh, uh, look at getting that done in the first half of next year.
1: Greg, could you talk to, talk to us about some back-of-the-envelope uh, calculations for potential capex? And what I would like my listeners to know is, as I visited that project last year and I did do a site tour video, you have a road where you and I literally drove on a paved road right up to the site. I saw the big electrical wires running across the site. There was a huge well right there. Water's already there. You've done some metallurgical work on those heaps. Back of the napkin, obviously, it's a forward-looking statement, but what type of capex are we looking at to potentially bring this back into production
0: yeah bill you're right you know um not too many projects have the infrastructure that candle area has because it was a past producing mine for uh probably uh, oh 150 years almost and um Kinross was the last big uh, company to be in there uh, producing in the late 90s shut down with the collapse of silver prices but all the infrastructure's there Paved road, we've got power line, which is active. We pay our monthly power bills. We've got water wells, uh, equivalent to uh, two water wells, each able to produce five to 700 gallons per minute, more than enough water. And water is extremely important in Nevada. We don't have water, we don't have a production situation. And then on top of that, we have these resources that we inherited. We don't have to spend tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in drilling to define these resources. We inherited them. So that's fantastic. So moving forward, we had a couple of scenarios that we wanted to look at with our metallurgical testing. The first idea was we were thinking, okay, let's really mill this material that's sitting on the heaps. And um, it's about three quarters of an inch to an inch in size. Let's really mill it really fine. Something called 200 mesh, which is like powder. But you wouldn't be able to leach that anymore because it would create a slurry. So you'd have to put it in big vats and agitate those vats and leach it that way. That's really good. We can get some pretty decent recoveries, but the problem is that uh, the capital cost for that type of situation uh, would be quite high. So then we looked at, we sent our samples to a company called Caps Cassidy in Reno, and they have the ability of testing for what's called HPGR, high pressure grinder roller technology. This is a relatively new technology that's being employed by the big boys: uh, uh, Newmont, uh, essentially uh, Freeport, MacMoran, and CORE, which is also operating a silver. Uh, oxide production situation in northern um, uh, Nevada they're using this as well and they're getting enhanced recoveries and they're also getting uh, a little bit of cost savings on uh, some of the power so what's important uh, is we want to look at that so we did a study and what we found out is we're getting some uh, lesser recoveries but not bad recoveries um, uh, using that technology and we would only have to grind down to about two millimeters and then uh, we'd be able to process. The capital cost estimated for that, and this is back to the envelope I have to emphasize until we get our economic studies done next year, um, you know, these were not uh, to be, uh, shall we say, etched in stone, but a crude estimate would be between 30 and $40 million to bring uh, the heaps and maybe the heaps plus some uh, near-surface uh, uh, material from the two big pits into uh, production scenario.
1: So this uh, 15,000 meter program is going to be reverse circulation. Why did you go with reverse circulation for this program?
0: Um, Well, first of all, cost savings. um, uh, Reverse circulation is less than half of what a diamond drill would cost. It's much faster, uh, so that will uh, make us, as opposed to doing a six-month program, we can probably do a two to three-month program. on top of that, um, um, the conditions for drilling diamond drill in the oxide ore are a little more difficult, so it's uh, that's that really adds on to the cost and difficulty of drilling. Reverse circulation was what was used through um, uh, all of the previous uh, programs that defined all those resources through Silver Standard, King Ross, Mirko, etc. So we're not uh, reinventing the wheel here. We're doing tried and true. Uh, Uh, method to get the best information that we can as quickly as we can, because, you know, we want to uh, develop this as quickly as we can.
1: And how soon could we expect those results? Are the assay labs backed up in Nevada right now?
0: Yeah, assay labs are running, and um, sometimes they're a little slow. just depends. um, With the uh, uh, run-up in silver and gold prices there the last couple of months, uh, uh, we've seen... um, Uh, a lot of new drills moving into various projects that hadn't been drilled in the past as such the labs are getting busy again. So um, you know usually normal turnaround is anywhere between three and six weeks and uh, we'll see what uh, we can get. So as we move along and we get some results back we'll probably put out uh, interim results and then of course we won't have the final results to be able to do our metallurgical studies and the economic study until into the new year.
1: A few interviews ago, earlier this year, you shared with us about your new project, the Phoenix Silver Project in Arizona. And this has what I would term beyond bonanza type grades, where you found these native vein fragments of 70 plus percent silver, according to specific gravity method measurements. Can you give us an update here? I know you're pursuing where this vein came from. Uh, What's the update here?
0: Yeah, just so that uh, people have a kind of a visual understanding, this is a project that was brought to us by some prospectors. And the problem with the project, it's just outside of a major copper producing area, which is interesting. And there's an old silver camp just on the northern margin, but these prospectors came to us and they said, look, you know, we've got this uh, project, we're finding these little silver nuggets and um, there's no no real rock on the property. It's all covered by overburden. We don't know how to proceed, but we did take metal detectors up an old Creek bed, And we uncovered these huge vein fragments that you were talking about and there's a photo on our website of those vein fragments. They're pretty pretty impressive. One of them came in at 417 pounds and uh, estimated as you said to contain about uh, 70% silver. We didn't assay that one because it is a collector's specimen but we did the specific gravity measurements and that's where we got this estimate. But we did assay some of the smaller samples and we're getting values Um, if you can believe this, up to 14,600 ounces per ton, which equates to 459,000 grams per ton, or just under 50% silver. Our job is to try and find the source of those vein fragments. We have done geophysics. We've done uh, and remember there 's no there's very little upcro in the problem, problem. we 've done geophysics we 've done soil geochemistry We are currently doing another round of geophysics to be able to define drill targets, we want to get in there in the new year and start, uh, uh, we've already talked to a couple of companies, we've got a mobile drill lined up that we're going to go in there, it uh, uh, can easily be mounted on a skid and dragged in with a, with a dozer, uh, so we don't have to build roads or anything like that, and uh, we'll just pound away on the drilling trying to find the source. To put it into perspective, the resource that you talked about at Candelaria is contained within about... 70 million tons of material. It's a lot of rock, right? If we can find as little as 10,000 tons of material at half the grades that I spoke about, we'd have more silver than we have currently, historically at Canada. So this is why it's such an, uh, uh, an alluring target, shall we say. It's drawing us to it because There are very few areas around the world you find grades like this. One other area that would be comparable to this, long way away, but it's uh, called the old cobalt camp of uh, northern Ontario. They had those bonanza-grade silvers uh, with cobalt. Uh, We don't have the cobalt, but we've got uh, bonanza-grade silvers. And we're in the exact same age and type of rocks that hosts the cobalt camp situation. So... We're just going to move as quickly as we can hope to get the drills in there in the new year. And um, we'll, we'll keep you posted.
1: And you have another early stage project over in Nevada, Cherokee. Uh, What is the update here?
0: Yeah, sure. No, so Cherokee was one that we found uh, came to our attention because there were some old references in the mining journal. They talked about mining in the 1800s and the thousands of grand silver. So we've been plugging away at that one there. We went in and we looked and we found the, the Cherokee mine itself. We walked the vein systems and traced them for over 12 kilometers and nine miles along the strike, and found a second vein system. We did some surface sampling, uh, getting some nice values up to uh, you know a thousand grams per ton of silver and uh, almost four and a half percent copper uh, in the south, we're getting values up to two thousand grams per ton of silver with uh, two grams gold. The only drilling that was ever recorded in the entire area of this property is in the southeast corner of the property. And they were looking for a porphyry molybdenum deposit buried at depth. And uh, that was in the 1970s, 1980s. So this is being totally ignored. These vein systems are very strong, very high grades on surface, never being drilled. We've got a crew out there right now doing some more surface sampling. Can we upgrade some of those targets to drilling? We'll stay tuned and we'll let you know. But it's very, um, uh, very high grade prospective project that we want to pursue.
1: So you're pursuing pretty much exclusively in the United States now because you did have Mexican assets, but you're you've agreed to sell those. What's the update here?
0: Sure. Uh, when we first formed the company in mid 2016, we did it around three Mexican silver assets that we acquired from First Mining Finance and First Mining Finance is one of the companies in the stable of companies run by Keith Newmeyer, who is a bit of a guru in the uh, silver field, shall we say. And um, uh, uh, we, we did some work on them, but as time went on, uh, we decided we wanted to move to something more advanced because these are earlier stage uh, exploration projects. And uh, we just kind of put those Mexican projects up on the shelf for a while, deciding what to do with them. Uh, we were approached by another group that wants to form a brand new uh, silver company focused in uh, Mexico. Uh, so we ventured in an agreement. The agreement we originally did with First Mining was we gave them 6 million shares of our company. That was it. Okay. So no cash, nothing else. We got properties 100% uh, with an, with, a, with a royalty on it. So we've done a deal now where we have agreed to sell uh, all three projects in Mexico. They're going to be giving us a million dollars $5 million in shares of the new company plus a royalty. So we're, We think we've done quite well off that to get a little bit of cash, and it also takes away the need to maintain these properties, which is a bit of a drain on the Treasury. Now we can focus in Southwest US.
1: Regarding the Treasury, about three and a half months ago, you raised 9.5 million, so what does that top off the Treasury to?
0: Yeah, uh, this is important to know that uh, of that 9.5 million, Uh, A fellow by the name of Eric Sprott put in five of the 9.5 million. Eric Sprott is, I guess, the Warren Buffett of the mining business here in Canada, and uh, he loves silver, just loves silver. So um, it was a real vote of confidence because it was the third time that he had actually invested into our company. He's very enthralled by the old uh, resources at uh, Candelaria but he's getting quite excited about the Phoenix Silver project as well. Uh, We currently have a treasury of about 15 million dollars. The estimated cost for the drill program at Candelaria is between three and a half and four million. Another million spent on the other two projects so we've got a treasury that um, we can either Uh, extend out or if we get very lucky and the environment permits we can move very rapidly to develop and uh, we've got a couple of years worth of of treasury sitting there.
1: Excellent all right more information go to silverone.com the ticker symbol again is SVE in Toronto and SLVRF in the OTC and it also trades in Frankfurt for any European listeners. Greg appreciate the update thanks for coming on today's show.